This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Joining us right now in our premier Chevrolet of Carlsbad fan hotline from the NFL Network is Boo Trotter. Oh, my God. Formerly known as Jim Trotter. Oh, my God. But uh, <laughs> has legally changed his name to Boo, apparently. Legendary. Legendary. Morning. Legendary morning for you, hey, sir. Hey, Jim, how are you? Only reason I'm doing this show is because you guys are recognizing me by my new name. <laughs> <laughs> so... The last time we had Yon, the only reason. The last time we had Yon, I said, "Hey, joining us now is the great Jim Trotter." You're like, "Hey, hey, hey, I'm not great." All right. So now can I call we you have, the, great the great Jim Boo Trotter? <laughs> now can we call you the great Boo Trotter? No, no, you got to call me the legendary. legendary. <laughs> Consider it done. It is bookmarked. Uh what a moment last night I saw it pop up on my feed and I I got it like took my breath away. Play it again, Polly, just it again. for people yeah. who are just joining us right now. This is the tunnel right after the halftime show <laughs> uh, at Super Bowl Fifty Seven last night. Reed, you killed it! Thank you, Boo. Oh, thank you, Boo. <laughs> Made me sweat. Made me sweat. <laughs> now you know what the deal is for real. So my my niece is a huge Rihanna fan, right? So um, she had been on me all week about you know not being at the game and you know trying to get a picture with Rihanna, whatever. And and I like Rihanna a lot. I really do. Um, but you, as you guys know, I'm old, and so I'm more of an old-school guy. But her show, she killed it. So I happened to be working downstairs in the in the media um, workroom. Actually, I was working with a photographer's workroom um, because of the media workroom was outside the stadium, which is another story. But So I had given up my seat in the press box because I like to be downstairs because it's easier to get to your computer after the game when you're running to the locker room or on the field or whatever. So when it ended, I'm like, well, normally they got to come off the field. So I'm like, I'm going to go over to the area where they come off and just see if I can get a shot for my niece. And as I'm walking down the tunnel, this guy goes, everybody against the wall, everybody against the wall. (laughs) And I'm like, well, why are we against the wall? We're just standing there and, and nothing's happening. And then it kind of clicked in for me. It's like, man, she's got to be coming this way. So I pulled out my phone and it was like, I'm going to see if I can document this moment. And sure enough, here they come. And then it was like, I wasn't going to say anything. And then it was like, man, you only get one shot, yep. you know, to quote him and him. And I was just like, you killed it. And, and wasn't expecting anything. And she's like, thank you, boo. And I'm oh. like, man, y'all can't tell me nothing <laughs> I, I mean, oh. you know, it, as short and, and fun as the interaction is, I was saying earlier, I, at that moment, she was the most talked about person on planet Earth. In the world. And everybody, yep. you know, reacting to that show. And I don't know how much you got to see of it, Jim, when when you were working, but did you get any, any thoughts on, on the performance and, and uh, of, of the halftime show? Oh, I saw all of it. Okay. I thought she was I thought she was phenomenal and truthfully, in terms of performance, 
And by performance, I mean not just uh, the audio, but the visuals. Um, I thought it was one of the best halftime shows I've seen, to be honest with you. And again, that's coming from a guy who's an old school guy. Like, if you ask me, I'm a Motown guy, I'm an R&B guy, all of that. I thought from the choreography to um, the sound quality to um, just the thought that went into the show, the the visual presentation, for me, I thought it was outstanding um, and, and maybe the best one that I've seen. The legendary Boo Trotter joins uh, Ben and yes, Woods sir. this morning. The day after the Super Bowl, <laughs> you are uh, you were in the house last night. Now the game, in and of itself, was pretty great. It was pretty great. Everyone kind of we had all thought, man, it feels like it's going to be a close game. And uh, what the Chiefs did in the second half was was pretty miraculous. Do you give Jim? Do you give more credit to the Chiefs for what they were able to do, or do you maybe put a little more blame on the Eagles for uh, running out of gas, for getting? You know, forgetting how to run an imaginative offense, what or just a, a total confluence of events? There, it was it was wild. No, I, I don't think this had anything to do with um, um, you know the the um, either offense, except from the standpoint. The story for me was um, Kansas City's offensive line and how it dominated the second half. And when I went around, I talked to four of the five starters after the game and, and kind of wrote about it. You know, all they had heard all week was that this Philly defensive front is one of the best ever, has a chance for a sacks record. First team with four different players in the same season with 10 or more sacks. They were going to overwhelm the Chiefs. Not only that, two years ago when, when Kansas City lost in the Super Bowl, it was because the offensive line was terrible and Patrick Mahomes was under constant pressure and this and the other. So, so. Just before half, you see Patrick Mahomes go down with an aggravated high ankle sprain, and you're thinking, oh, man, this, are, are we about to see what we saw in the NFC Championship game and where the Eagles' defense smells blood in the water, and now they just turn it on, and it's not even a game. That second half, what the Chiefs did offensively from a schematic standpoint is they said, we know we need to take the pressure off Patrick, so what are we going to do? We're going to run the football. They ran the ball, I believe it was 19 times or or – I think it was 19 times. I can't remember the exact number, but it was 419 yards and just dominated um, the trenches up front to the point Patrick Mahomes, I think, attempted 13 passes in the second half. He had one incompletion, and that incompletion was when he threw the ball away in the end zone because everyone was covered. So they not only established a present on the ground, but they also kept him clean in the pocket. And to me, they were the story of this game. And Look, when they lost two years ago, what did the Chiefs do? They said in the offseason, we got to correct this. We can't ever have our quarterback, our franchise quarterback, under pressure like that again. They had four new starters in that offensive line last night versus what they started in the Super Bowl two years ago. You know, they had a free agent in Joe uh, Tooney. They had traded for Orlando Brown Jr., and then they had two draft picks from 2021 who started, who were all new in terms of from two years ago. And they just went out and dominated what some said was the best defensive front of football. So for me, that was really the story of the game. And besides Patrick being Patrick, but he was allowed to be Patrick because of what those guys did up front. A lot was made, obviously, before the game, the first ever matchup between two black quarterbacks. But, I mean, you, you've seen more Super Bowls in person, certainly, than I have and know the history. Maybe one of the best 
overall quarterbacking performances by both teams we've ever seen. Patrick Mahomes was the MVP. You can make a good case that Jalen Hurts was every God, bit yeah. as good as he was and even better. Like a, a case for a losing MVP, he was that good in the game. Of course, Mahomes was as well. Both of those guys with a lot of pressure, with a lot of eyeballs, I thought they both delivered, Jim. No Ooh. question about it. They both. Thank you, sir. They um, <laughs> They both were outstanding. And as you say, Jalen may have, have even been more impressive um, uh, in that performance. So, and, and again, what made Jalen's performance um, that much more memorable is you go back to the start of when people nationally really got to know who Jalen Hurts was, and it was the Alabama championship game where he was benched. And to see where he has come from that moment in terms of transferring schools in terms of not being a first-round draft pick, in terms of people after their playoff loss last year questioning whether or not he could truly be their quarterback of the future. Man, Jalen Hurts is the real deal. I have nothing but respect for him. And he, he balled out last night. I thought he was phenomenal. And it's disappointing that somebody has to lose yep. from that standpoint. But, you know, that's the game that we love. But, yeah, no, these two these two quarterbacks really – put on a performance for fans. Shout out, by the way, to uh, James Bradbury for completely cutting off every sports radio show at the knees this morning by saying, nope, it was a hold, I held, I did it. it it's something that's actually a little bit refreshing, Jim, because you just never hear it. I think, um, you know, our beef, I guess, with that that hold, it ended the game. I mean, right there, that, that call ended the game. Ben made the point, you know, a bunch of interactions all night, one holding call, that was the time they did it. And as soon as they did it, you knew, all right, that's over. There's, there's not going to be any room for the drama. I think we were all craving one last drive down the field. No, there's no doubt. You're absolutely right. I, I said the same thing at the, at the time. It's a hold, you know, and they got to call it. But did I want to see Jalen Hurts get the, get the ball with, so much. you know. So bad. With, with, yeah, with, with just an opportunity to go down and potentially um, stamp, his, stamp his signature on this game, absolutely I wanted to see that. But, yeah, when that penalty was called, and, again, it was the right call, um, we knew it was over and it was, it was going to be anticlimactic. And, and that was part. That was the only part of the whole night that kind of, if you could, disappointed me. It was like it was set up yep. for just one of those moments, and we didn't get to see it. And that's not to say the official was wrong for calling the, the penalty. It was just like, I, I really would have loved to have seen that that moment and what could have happened. It's, you know, and I talked about it earlier, and you've seen it many times, that the game of football sometimes rides on a call that is so close that, that it could have gone either way, and it would, you would have had an argument. The the second fumble return touchdown yeah. for the Chiefs, if they, had, if they had let that stand as a touchdown, I, I think I could have made a good argument that that would have been the right call. I thought you could also make a good argument that he hadn't made a football move yet. Some of those calls are so close and so important in games, Jim, that, that it just it's just part of the game. It's a coin flip sometimes. Yeah, no, you're right. I mean, there, there are subjective calls there, but I would say last night, uh, look, I've been hard on the officials all year. I think they that too many times they have um, inserted themselves in the games where they should not have. But in this case, I thought the officials had a really good night. I thought both calls were right, um, the Bradbury call and the non-fumble call there um, because he didn't make a football move, you know. So from my standpoint, um, I thought they had a good night. It's just unfortunate that they were even put in a position to have to make that call near the end of the game. 
I, I think it was telling that uh, Andy Reid, one of the first things, the first people he mentioned was Eric Bannemi after the game. And, and I'm sure you've, you've followed this, Jim. People are always scratching their heads. Why hasn't Eric Bannemi gotten a shot as a head coach? It, yeah, do you hear anything like behind the scenes as to why that why that is? He's had so many interviews and never never been picked for one of those jobs after the Chiefs continued. To, I mean, the offense was imaginative. The the plays that they ran and the wide-open touchdowns they were able to get, it has to be appealing to teams with head coaching openings to, to, to you know, get someone like that on their side. Why, why is it that he continues to get passed over? Yeah, I've heard from some um, who have interviewed him who have said he, he did not, uh, his interview was not impressive. Um, but then I asked them, <clears throat> what does that mean? And they give me some malarkey that, to me, um, doesn't satisfy me. Um, and that's a sad part. And I think the other thing that's going on is um, owners have this belief, like in other, other businesses as well, is that if you are said to be talented and year after year others pass on you, then there must be something wrong, and therefore they will not hire you. You know, I think the reality is Eric is going to have to leave the Chiefs and he's going to have to establish himself someplace else um, to get a fair shot and a fair look from these owners, and even then. I'm not sure it's going to be um, enough. His contract's up after this year, and he has an opportunity to go elsewhere if he so chooses. Um, but, again, I don't think that even if he were to go someplace else and do well, that that would be enough for these owners. I think they have made up their minds about who he is and what he is, and and that's a travesty um, because there is a reason that NFL teams since 2000, on average, um, change seven head coaches per year. And that's because these owners don't know what the hell they're doing when it comes to hiring a head coach. And not only that, they don't have the patience to give someone an opportunity to build something. You know, we're seeing more and more coaches being fired after one year, being fired after two years. And it's very tough to instill a program that quickly, unless you have been someone like Jacksonville, who for years, have been drafting at the top and, and including having the number one pick two years in a row. Um, those types of situations, you have a better chance for immediate su- success. But otherwise, it takes time to build something here. And from that standpoint, that's why I say I, I don't know that Eric Bieniemy is ever going to get a shot in the NFL. Well, if, if Nick Sirianni interviewed like he did his opening day press conference, he right, would never right. get a job in the NFL. It's the worst <laughs> press conference of all time. And uh, right. if his interview was anything like that, who would hire that guy? But look at him now. But, man, we certainly appreciate the time. Uh, Boo, thank you for join, uh, jumping on with us this morning. Fun night, fun moment uh, for all of us to share with you. Legendary Boo. Legendary Boo. Legendary, legendary Boo. Boo Trotter with us on our Premier <laughs> Chevrolet of Carlsbad fan hotline. Save money the right way with Premier Chevrolet of Carlsbad. Visit them today in the Carlsbad Auto Mall Chevrolet Find New Roads. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can conquer it. I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road. The steeper, the better. Because my all-new Santa Fe is available with H-Track all-wheel drive, so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones, so we'll never lose touch with civilization, and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend 
or do something a little more epic and conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance, too, with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law.